There's no way as a coach you can say that I have an experienced rationale above my players on something like the wall. Let's see, does this work together? And then if you get a good vibe off it, let's bring it in. If you don't, all right, coach. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Right, Alison Miller is with us to talk to us about uh, Ireland's defeat at home against England in the Six Nations. Alison, it seems weird to say it, but maybe it wasn't as bad as it could have been. No, let's put this into context. Um, the whole tournament, they're the first team to keep England under 50 points. So um, I know they didn't score, so that's a big area they'll have to look at because they haven't scored. If you look at their attack, I suppose, unfortunately, they have scored one try against one a Wales. A uh, penalty against France, a penalty try against Italy and no score against England. So their defence really improved over the weekend. As I said, the first team so far in the championship that haven't let England score over 50 points, which they've done to the other teams. But um, yeah, not to score is, I suppose, the girls will be disappointed and loads of areas to work on going forward now. It's kind of, I guess, we are clutching the straws at this point. The, the wreckage of this season... Um is going to be very difficult to understand long-term. Uh, are there any green shoots that you're seeing that the side is improving, notwithstanding the fact that they did keep them under 50 points? One aspect but, or one argument to that might be just that England took their foot off the gas in the second half. Yeah, like, I will be honest, I don't think England were... I'd say England will be disappointed with their performance. Um, they had a lot of errors. Um, they had so much pos- possession. They weren't clinical when they had opportunities to score. But that's down to Ireland too. Ireland forced them into a lot of knock-ons and Ireland's defensive sets were very good, turned over balls, forced them into errors. England were in, ill-disciplined around the ruck time sometimes. But Ireland, you know, were responsible for some of that. But at the same time, and this is no respect, disrespect to the players, um, England are coming there knowing, I suppose, that they're going to win the game. And then maybe it's hard to get up for a game like that. But at the same time, England have such a competitive 23 and beyond that they're essentially playing for places for next weekend. So there'll be girls there that played for England at the weekend that might not start now or might not get on the 23 because of their performance at the weekend. So, you know, at the same time, there was consequences for, there is consequences for those girls not performing against Ireland. But yeah, there is green shoots. Ireland's defensive structure looks a lot better. Um, their spacing looks a lot better. Um, like their tackle, their missed tackles is still quite high. But a team against England, that's going to be the case for every team in the tournament, with the exception of France, if we're being honest. So, um, yeah, good improvements around that area. I thought the rook height had come down a lot from last week, so that was better. Um, green shoots in terms of like, I think like Derv Nicovard has had a really good tournament. Um watching her there on Saturday she's full of energy she's quite small she's playing eight she's quite small she's got really good footwork um she's always beating she always beats the first defender generally and she's so smart like there was a a time on Saturday where she had stepped a few defenders carried and she was on the ground releases the ball gets back up on her feet and carries again so she's been really good full of energy she's absolutely everywhere I think Nicola Friday's had a very consistent tournament. Um, Sam on him there, she's defensively so so good around the park. Like she probably herself look at um, 
you know, her, her line out drawn and think she'll have to improve on that. But around the park, she's been very good. And, and Neve Jones, again, just, or sorry, sorry, I'm mixing them two, not that I'm mixing them two enough. Neve Jones is poker, as I obviously know. Neve Jones will have to improve her um, throwing in the line out. And she's been really good around the park. And then you're looking at Sam Monaghan there, who, you know, carries hard, offload, defensively very good. So, like, the four of them there, I think, have had consistent tournaments. And um, it's difficult for this group of players. And I think, um, you know, it's it's hard when you're a young player. And, like, if you're on social media <laughs> and you're reading this stuff that comes, that you know, a lot of it uneducated really some of it and it, you know not not about the performance but other things so look um, you'd hope like that this is a really difficult time for these players but hopefully it will have a galvanising effect on these players and that they'll come together now and work really 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 hard to try and uh, catch up and improve all those th- things that they need to improve and like all they can do is work hard and try and get better and keep their heads down and, you know, not try and like it's a difficult one, isn't it? Social media and all this these things now, like um you didn't have that years ago. Um like I started playing in two thousand and ten and I was lucky that we were competitive enough even from that stage on, but like before then, you know, like Fiona, Coughlin, Lynn Cantwell, they would have been shipping big defeats, but you didn't have the media pressure then. So it's about just keeping your head down and working really hard because that's what they'll have to do. And I suppose um, they'll have to look at their improvements, but attack is really where I'll, you want to see the improvements with this team because they haven't scored um, tries. And like, well, they scored barely any tries, but, um, you know, we, we don't see like the front door, back door options. We're just kind of seeing quite a basic attack. So that's an area that they look to improve. As obviously a lot in that there, Alison was interested in listening to Neve Briggs ahead of the game on the criticism and uh, the understanding the coaching team have that you know twenty twenty one year olds are going to be on social media. You can tell them stay away from it, ignore it, but human nature is they're going to be on Twitter, they're going to be on Instagram. All of this is going to be feeding in, and that they are trying to work in the background to keep that belief there and for them to ignore the noise that's around it. But it's very very difficult. In most sports, we would say setting up defensively is the easy part and. Uh, it was damage limitation. It was always going to be damage limitation on Saturday, so they knew what England were going to bring. Ireland, when they actually have the ball, what was your assessment of when they had opportunities to get at England, what they did at the weekend? We didn't have very many opportunities, but um, at times we probably didn't look like we forced. There was one chance in the second half, I think, and we we stretched them wide and gone back over to the right-hand side and building good phases and Lauren Delaney kind of uh, put a ball through along the ground with a kick and just the kind of the wrong option at the time. You want to keep building phases and then England turned the ball over again. So um, I suppose being honest, I suppose it didn't look hugely threatening when they had the ball, but you know, you can still, you still have got ability to score if you grind it out and you hold on to the ball. You know, you, you can score, but I think just that, they took the wrong options at like different times and kicked the ball away or um, just got turned over then. So we didn't, we weren't actually able to see much attack because we didn't really have the ball. But um, yeah, like that, that was a, like an example of very good attack that ended up then being a turn, like England turn it over then because the chip through didn't work. So, um, and I just think in regards to your, 
to the thing about social media that you know 20 21 year olds um they will be on social media well maybe that's a learning for them if you talk to some of the men's players they some of them won't go on social media for that five or six weeks you know and if that's something that helps those players and it is difficult like I didn't grow up with social media I'm not into it at all myself even now but like if that's the hard hit you have to take for the six weeks so you're not reading very negative material and look a lot of times from (laughs) let's be honest people that have no face to their name or no name to their whatever bio and um, maybe that's a learning and maybe it's a thing that they need to do like and maybe they need to take the hit on that for five or six weeks. And if that helps, it could help. You know, maybe that's something that they'll, they'll, they'll decide next year. You know what? Can I do it out for six weeks? Maybe I can. And I go back on it um, because they are professionals now. And you will you will hear some of the professional men's players. They will do that because and I was talking to an experienced player recently who's retired. And he said, look, he just tended not to read it because when you're being told how great you are generally that's not the case like you're being told you're absolutely fantastic and sometimes and then when you're told you're absolutely terrible but usually it's in the middle now I know for these girls at the moment they're not winning and people are saying like horrible stuff as well um maybe that's just a choice that they have to take the hard hit (laughs) get off I'm not on social media so I don't really know but uh you know, like maybe that's been part of a professional approach that they'll take and they might be able to. Yeah. And maybe some of the players maybe can be on it and be very good at not letting it affect them. And they'll know it as individuals, whether they'll learn from this year because they're young, they'll learn from going, well, did all that negativity on social media, did that affect me? Did that get into my head? No. Okay, I can stay on it. Yes, maybe I'll get off it for six yeah. weeks. But that's part of learning to be a professional player. One last point. So, one last point, Alison. Yeah. The, the uh, World 15, the three tiers uh, competition that is going to be introduced. There's a lot of talk that we're going to be in the third tier of that. And so therefore we'll be playing against um, some of the weakest teams around the world. In a way, right? Uh, is it our own hubris? Are, are we Meath uh, bragging about um, not being in the Talton Cup and then ended up in the Talton Cup and being too proud to go into it? Might it actually be better for this team to win some games against opposition, knowing that every year you'll have the Six Nations and you can measure yourself against better teams? Because that's where we are in the world. That's where a decade-long uh, process of underinvestment in the women's game has left us a third-tier nation, and we need to stop thinking and pretending that we're a Tier 1 until we start spending like a Tier 1. I don't think it's all about money, though, either. Like So, yeah, look, don't get me wrong, if you had an extra 10 grand there, you might entice more players to uh, be full-time. That's being honest, but money doesn't, you know, cover over the cracks. It's not going to improve players straight away. It'll help, like any team (laughs) that has more money. It does help. It doesn't make you world-class overnight. But mm, that's a hard question to answer because I think, A, I would never be a person that thinks, you always have to aspire to be better. You've got to be realistic, but I don't think, like, I'm not even sure who's in tier three, like who are those teams? And if, if you're Kazakhstan, Jamaica. Yeah. 
Who are they? Anyone else? Kazakhstan, Jamaica? Um, Spain are going to be tier two. Unless we win at the weekend, we're going to go into a playoff against Spain. Spain are going to be tier two. So we're behind those nations. Like, does it we raise questions tier- about the future of the Six Nations? I saw the England coach talking about this last week as to how viable it was for England and France to keep racking up these sort of scores. That if Ireland are a tier three team, and this is hard, I'm sure, for you to even consider where you were a decade ago to be having this conversation. Like, is the future of the Six Nations under threat when you do have such a gap in quality between the teams? Hard question to answer again. And I think Ireland needs to be tier two, end of. They need to be there. They need to be, you know, keeping an eye on tier one, but not being going down to tier three. And that's being really honest. And like people saying, like England and France have, well, England have drove standards and have done everything to progress this game to where it is. So, um, like it's up to the other teams to catch up and the other unions to do everything in their power to make Ireland, England, or Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Italy competitive. And you can't fault England or France for being progressive and doing more. They all they can go out and just play, and you know they have to play the best they can play and be ruthless because if they don't do that, that's not good for the game as a whole. It's not good for the future of the game where we where we'll be in ten years. It's, so. Uh, different questions there, but um, you know, France, England, like it's not so long ago where these teams weren't hammering all the other teams. So, like that's you can't. Like what I'm trying to say is, like we just need those other teams to catch up, and whatever they need to do to do that, those unions and those countries gotta do it, okay. and they can't be making excuses, just got to do it. And, you know, there is eight jobs now advertised in the, in the RFU for um, like athletic development. And then I kind of, I think basically like a talent ID slash scout developing younger players. So like, hopefully that will work and we'll see young girls yeah. coming through. And we don't know what young girls could through and make a massive impact. Well, like, they, there needs to be an urgency around the appointment of those and there needs to be like a public-facing declaration that this is the low point and we're working, you know, it, as opposed to just putting Greg and Neve out, I think um, they're a bit... Yeah, and there needs the to be the right people oh, to totally. those jobs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah, Alison, good stuff. And Thanks a million for joining us this morning. Cheers. Yeah, no problem. Have a great day, guys. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.